Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The greater the length, the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. PROST is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Hi, I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett and I designed the Penile Rehabilitation Program to help men recover from prostate cancer. It's an online program built on decades worth of knowledge and experience and practice. It's the only one of its kind in the world and it actually works. So if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and want to get your penis working again as quickly as possible, and why wouldn't you, then visit penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you'll be off and running. And it only takes about 15 minutes a day. All the best with your recovery, which I promise will never be as bad as you think. November 11, 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. In the pub, in the tab, in the cars, we remember... Welcome to the Penis Project Podcast. Today we have Pino with us. The Penis Project Podcast with Pino. Try and say that 50 times. It's pretty hard. And we spell Pino, P-I-N-O. Aha, Pino. So Pino had his prostate removed in 2016. So he's a long way into this journey. And really just want to talk to him about how he lives with the long-term side effects such as sexual dysfunction, um, because he is using injections all this way down the track and he's doing amazing with it and is great. So we just really want to talk about that journey with you today, Pino. So, hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Melissa. Pino, I have an Italian grandmother. Her name was Matilda Ernestine Giannone. And I understand the word bella is beautiful for female in Italian, but to me, because the guests can't see us on our podcasts, I would describe you as bello, meaning beautiful boy. Thank you. <laughs> and you've got a lovely cap on here. You look like the perfect Italian primo, number one, Pino. <laughs> so tell us, Pino, what – you had your surgery and then afterwards, did it take you a long time to recover from the side effects? Like – Side effects as in... Continence and and, oh. and your erections weren't working. So we'll talk about continence first. Joe okay. might ask you some Can questions about that. I actually just say, it might be more helpful to give you a little bit of background on exactly what type of surgery you had. Because in 2016, you came to see me before the surgery and you were um, booked in to have the robotic prostatectomy. Mm. That was only available in Perth, Western Australia for about 2010. So we were six years into it by then. That's correct. So what the radical prostatectomy used to be was an open procedure before about um, the year 2000. And after 2000, it became a laparoscopic keyhole procedure. And in 2010, the robot. Now, you were actually 
with Perth's most experienced surgeon receiving the robot even in 2016. So what we know about the robot since then is that although the research doesn't actually say it's superior yet, because um, we haven't had enough long-term data, in actual fact, those of us working in the clinic do find particularly the sexual function is improved. The continence, I find, doesn't really matter what type of treatment you actually have, be it open um, surgery or the robot, because it's all about that pelvic floor. But when it comes to the actual procedure, what we know is the robot is much less invasive, much quicker recovery. They even say less hospital time, less catheterization time and less blood loss. Apart from that, it depends on the skill of the surgeon. So you had Perth's most experienced surgeon back then. I now know he's done about 1,600 cases. I'd say that you were probably around about number 500 for him. Okay. So if you remember back to then, perhaps it would be worthwhile thinking um, before we go into the depth of everything, do you remember having the pelvic floor training before when you first met me? Yes, I do. Yeah, and we would have had hopefully about a month lead-in time. Well, yeah, well, this the pelvic exercise process was post. So I didn't get to see you before the operation? No, you didn't. Okay, because no. that's quite unusual. Everyone, I've got notes on in paper from 2016, so I don't have them with me because I'm at a different office um, today. I went to look for um, Pino's notes online, but I don't have them here. So it's quite unusual for me not to see people before the surgery, but obviously if you only got to see me afterwards, do you remember how long you were incontinent for? Um, it wasn't, wasn't very long because the, the, the exercises that you gave me mm -hmm. I pretty much was very... Um, very um, effective? Like were effective, but I... I um, you did them easily? I, I did them... Conscientiously. Yes, yes. exactly. I was yep. trying to find the word. And, and, and I was every day, you know, daily. Mm -hmm. and, and I found that that helped me immensely. Wonderful. So yeah. I always say it doesn't matter if we see patients before the surgery, after the surgery, or even 10 years after the surgery, or 30 years as I've yeah. had. If we give you about three months of this intense training program, okay, it's usually effective. So for you, it wasn't such a big problem long term. No, not long term. Short term. Now it's coming back to me as we discuss mm. it. I did have to have pads for. Uh, this is while w I was doing the rehab, mm -hmm. you know, and the pelvic exercises. I probably had the pads for go, um, twelve months. 12 and that months. was only when I was going out because okay. I was wary of showing, you know, uh, on my clothing and that. Mm, of course, but so you just nervous. It wasn't. It wasn't. A big problem. It wasn't a big problem. Yeah. And yeah. You, then you completely abandoned the pads, did yes, you? Yes, yes. Mm. And six years abandoned. on, do you wear them at all now? No. Not, not even? At all. Okay. No, not at all. Great. And because I know when I first met you, which was in 2020 in February. So four years after your prostatectomy. Yeah, you were four years post-op. You, you told me that the, you never really leaked except if you drank too many coffees. Um, and you had just a tiny drip then. Well, yeah, I'm trying to remember back that far, but if I said that, then it would have been. Mm. But now, correct. nothing, even with that, it's not a problem anymore. No. Great. No, no. Yeah. Okay. What about earlier, just before we started recording, I have to go and step out for a minute. You said something, maybe you did some deep crouching, you get a bit of a leak. Yeah, if I. Because I'm, I'm a boiler maker by trade, and mm -hmm. I'm always doing small jobs at home for friends, family. So if I have to work on the floor, 
I have to crouch or kneel on the floor. Okay. I'm putting pressure on my stomach mm-hmm. if I'm leaning forward. Yeah. That so that happens still to this day? Um, it does, but very, very minimal. Not that it bothers me. Mm. And you know? we're going to do a little experiment in a minute and we're all going to do it actually because I've got something called the rapid response test, which okay. is a reflex response test, how quickly you can do your pelvic floor exercises. And the quicker we can do them, the quicker the reflex will develop for you not to leak in those situations that are the more spontaneous, intermittent situations where – you don't expect it to happen. Uh, it's been that long since I've done. That's then. okay. That's <laughs> what we're going to do. Remember we're going to do a refresher because you're going to okay. have a marvellous muscle memory. Okay. okay, so let's go, Joe. Let's do it. Okay, so what I'd love you to do right now, Pino, is if everybody who's listening could please bring out their phone or a stopwatch and take it to clock. Okay. Let's all we'll do, do this. We'll, we'll do, do a it, practical Pino. experiment together. We'll do it for you, Pino. And he has to do it for himself, actually, oh. because it's going to be something that we can all use as a baseline measurement. Now, when I did my PhD, I got 100 men that I assessed six times over 12 months. So I assessed each of them six times doing exactly this test. Then I worked out the sweet spot as to how long you could do a long hold for, which was a minute, and then to do 10 quick pelvic floor exercises in under eight seconds. Now, if you could get 10 fast ones done in eight seconds, that meant if you divide that number by 10, it's 0.8 of a second per contraction. That's about the speed we need to develop this through brain training and repetitive action to get that pelvic floor muscle. Pino Reflexy. looks as confused as me. That's okay. <laughs> this is science of it. Reflexly responding when you need it. So we're developing a brisk, fast reflex in a, in a muscle that hasn't had to develop that before. You had your prostate removed. Mm. That's called the rapid response test and that's the first one we're all going to do together. So, with your stopwatch, everybody, mm-hmm. and Pino as well, what I'd love you to do is just set yourself up to do the exercise correctly. First of all, we're going to relax our belly and our buttock muscles. It doesn't matter what position we're in right now. We're going to very gently practice one quick one. So we go squeeze the front passage, draw the testes up and the penis in, and then release. Don't worry about squeezing the back passage unless you're someone who's had radiation. Not, we don't need to worry about the bowel component unless we've had some treatment that might affect that. So we don't want to engage the abdominal muscles. We're going to try that a couple more times. Nice and relaxed through your tummy. Gently squeeze the front passage as if you're stopping the flow of urine and gently draw the testes up and the penis in and then let go. You got I'm, having, I'm having to visualise having a penis and testes here. It's okay. not that easy. So now <laughs> to do the rapid response test, we're going to ask you, um, Pino, to... When I say your marks, get, set, go, to start counting them out, you're going to do 10 in a row as fast as you can. All but right? are we pressing the start When button? I say go, he does his first one mm-hmm. and we'll see if we get the same time. Do we press our start time as well? Only when I say go. Oh, okay. We're timing it. Pablo, sorry, Pino. <laughs> I was going to call you Pablo. Pino, you're going to mostly practice on doing the technique correctly. So don't even worry about okay. this for now. Yeah, mm. that's good. Mm. So just relax your belly, relax your buttock muscles. When I say go, you want to do the first one. You want to count them out loud, doing them as quickly as possible. It needs to be a full contraction and relaxation. God, no pressure, Pino. Are you feeling stressed? I'm feeling stressed. Pino's my primo number one. Okay, go. On your marks, get set, go. Counting out loud. Okay, stop. Pino's done the thing that most men do. He's forgotten to count out loud because as most of my patients say, Joe, I can only do one thing at once. I'm a man. Now, what you need to do is count them out loud 
into the microphone okay. so I know how many you've done. Okay. It's okay. This is good learning. you just got to do ten of them. One. Oh, you're trying to do a hold, aren't yeah. you? No, this is the quick one. Uh, rapid, oh, okay. rapid up, one. Up, down, start. up, stop down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to give a, yourself a couple of practice shots? Relaxing. Try yeah. one quick squeeze. Lift up. Let go. Now, I can actually see you're squeezing your belly. Belly, yeah. It's not. No, it's you should. Everyone, oh if no, you put I haven't your. I've done it for a long time. So mm. yeah, I'm trying to get If you put your hand on your belly, those listening, make sure you're not, your hand's not moving. It's so subtle. So most men do this with gusto and it needs to be very gentle. Okay. All right, we're ready to go again. And I'll count. You count out loud as you do them. But all you need to do is count out one to ten for me as you do them. As I do them, okay. Mm -hmm. On your marks, get set, go. One, two, three. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And stop. So you took 24.27 seconds on my clock. What about you, Melissa? 24.7, yeah. Okay, so you took approximately 24 seconds. The truth is, if I divide that by ten... Each contraction relaxation cycle took you 2.4 seconds. We need to make it 0.8 of a second. Okay. So your now next job is to do this once again as fast as you can, even quicker than that. It was good practice, but if you were to cough or sneeze or bend or crouch or break wind, you need to Fart react for more those quickly, develop a reflex. Otherwise, it's going to drip out of you. Oh, okay. So okay. now we're going to try and get this brain action going. Because it will learn quickly, mm -hmm. as fast as you can. Okay. Reset the clock, everyone. Wait, I'm doing it too. Okay. On your marks, get set, go. One, two. Go faster. Three, four. Good. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And stop. 18.5. One, three. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you just knocked off six seconds. Now, sorry, yeah, six seconds. Now it's 1.8 second per contraction. So 18 divided by 10. We've still got to get it under 10 seconds, in fact, under eight. Wow. We're going to do it just one final time, but this time, do you know how to count in Italian? One to 10? Yeah. Okay, let's do that. It might help. <laughs> no, I think it'll make it worse. We'll uh, see. Because they're longer words. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. On your marks, get set, go. Uno, due, tre. Eleven seconds. Oh. You, in your traditional language, you were much faster. Was I? Mm, yeah. Much okay. faster. That's so a good idea. I validated this in research. The research was published in um, the Australian New Zealand Consonants Journal in 2018 and then a second paper in 2019. Then we had one more test. We're going to do this a bit more quickly because we've taken a bit of time in the podcast. But this is a test of endurance. So in the pelvic floor, it's made up of something called fast twitch muscle fibres, which are your reflex responders. So we want to train them to be faster so that you don't have to think about it. When you need it, you cough or sneeze, it's going to come in and act for itself because you've trained it so much it can do it. The next thing is how long can you hold it up for? If you need to get to the toilet and you've got a full bladder and you, your pelvic floor muscle hasn't got that, long um, endurance in it, you're only going to leak. Now, you need to keep breathing while you do this. We're going to get you to do exactly the same thing, 
probably counting the Italian if you don't mind as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to do one and see how long we can hold it for, as long as possible. So we're pulling our pelvic floor up, but we're holding it like static, yeah? And this is called the sustained endurance test. If you hold your breath, so normally I do this on an ultrasound and I would see it slipping yeah. down okay. once it fatigues. Mm-hmm. If you hold your breath, you'd push the muscle down and that wouldn't help it. So to keep breathing, it's good to count out loud, especially if you don't have someone like me next to you. So mm-hmm. how, how many times? We're going to do one. Just one, one up. And hold it. Now mm. this is the trick that goes... That takes a bit of extra training. Okay. You have to be intuitive when, when it falls away. It'll start to twitch or you'll feel like it's dropping. You need to snap it back up again. At that point in time, because I haven't got an ultrasound with me right now to teach you that, I need you to let me know and you say stop. So I'm going to say on your marks, get set, go. You're going to count in Italian until you feel like it's fatiguing. Okay. See how long I go for? Yeah, Kay. up to one minute. Okay. Or we call it the point of fatigue, whatever comes first. Okay. On your marks, get set, go. Uno, due, tre, quattro, cinque, sei, sette, otto, nove, dieci, undici, dodici, tredici, quattordici, quindici, sedici, diciassette, diciotto, diciannove, venti. Stop. And it's starting to fatigue a bit? Yeah. You got to 21.85 seconds. That's fantastic. What that means, Pino, is that you learnt very well and your muscle memory is still there. But to also never need a pad again or to get to the toilet with plenty of time up your sleeve, we need to build that to a one-minute hold. And that's a physiological test. We're actually in sitting right now. It's harder to do in standing. But it doesn't matter. What I showed was that there was a 99% reliability. So if you did it and tested it or I did it and tested it or Melissa did it, we would all get the same number 99% of the time. Okay. Previous research said that other tests are only 45% reliable. So it was a very strong correlation. And the good thing is we have that published. So for everybody listening, if you want to build your endurance and improve your <coughs> consonants for that quick reflex response, get your light golf, your quick ones at a lower score and your long one at a higher score. But don't do that all day because it will fatigue the muscle. So I suggest you go back to one set, which is 10 quick ones, as quick as you can. 10 where you can hold for 10 seconds, relax for 10 seconds, in standing. Stop that and then don't do it again for another few hours and then repeat that three times in a day as a maintenance program. But if you want to improve even further, do that one minute test once or twice a day in standing. It'll be better, a better score in the morning compared to the afternoon because everyone fatigues in the afternoon. And a lovely tip I've been teaching guys now is at the end of each urination, do 10 of those quick ones as fast as you can. Because what happens after the prostate's removed is you get something called post-void dribble. The prostate was an autonomic, automatic organ that pushed out the remnants of your bladder. And without that there, you need something else to do it. The work of emptying is the long endurance muscle, just like the work of an erection is the long endurance muscle for blood flow. But orgasm is quick. Quick and Mm -hmm. quick fibre training, what I'm doing, the reflex. And the emptying of the bladder is the quick function. So lots of guys get post-void dribble. They think they've emptied, they pull up their pants and then splat. So the little bit of training habitually at the end of each week will also stop you getting in trouble from the women in your lives at the toilet. So that's quite a lot of um, detail. But it's something I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast anyway. And hopefully that will help you. Yeah. 
I'm sure it will. Thanks the good thing much. is you can do this as a benchmark yourself at any time yeah. at home. Okay. All right. So I interrupted all of that, Melissa. Where would you like to go next? Okay. <laughs> so um, what I was wanting you to come in and talk about today actually was your sexual function. So we'll we'll cover that now. So basically since the surgery you never really – you recovered semi-erections. Um, I'm just looking back over my notes. And you recovered semi-erections but they were never perfect. That's and right. so – 18 months ago now, you came and saw me and I taught you how to use injections. Tell me, I just want to really know about how you felt before you started to use them and then how you find them now, how that's going for you. Yeah, well, before um, pre-injection, I it didn't phase me not having a full-on erection. You weren't upset about that? I wasn't upset okay. because you, as, as I was instructed mm-hmm. or brought to my attention that I didn't need a full erection to have an orgasm. That's right. So that's so really. So I was happy, you know, I was yeah. happy as far as that goes. But Great. then as time went by, I realised, well, my wife's missing out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know? My wife's, but she wasn't saying. No, because wives often don't because no. we don't want to disappoint our partners. No, yeah. she wasn't saying. And and then I, I sort of had a had a very short, a brief discussion with her about it. And I says, look, I'm, I'm thinking about having the injection. Mm-hmm. She she said, okay. She said, go for it. But she didn't object or ask me why. Yeah. I just assumed she understood where I was going with it. Sure. And um, it was no turning back. You know, I'd, I'm sorry I didn't start it the two years before. So you once you came to see me. Were you nervous the first time I gave you that test dose? Uh, no, I wasn't actually. Weren't you? Oh, good. No, I wasn't. You know, can I just ask you again because – I've missed out on the last six years of talking to you. Yeah. The first four, the first four years, <coughs> we didn't have Melissa. We actually had another a provider. Did Did you get um, encouraged to go along to the men's health clinics or I anything did. like that? I, I did. I got pamphlets through the mail. I got uh, text or emails on my phone. But I'm not one of those. Even though I was born in Australia, mm. and I'm not, you know, I'm from. Ethnic, oh, well, I'm mm. from ethnic background, but I'm mm. not from Italy. Or yeah. mm. I felt weird about mm. standing in a room or sitting in a room with 20 other guys discussing yes. my or even, problem. Or even with a doctor. Uh, no, a doctor no. didn't phase me. You know, mm. talking to a specialist yeah. or doctor or whatever didn't bother me, but having 10 strangers mm. in the same room discussing at, the that, p- at support that groups. Bo- that bothered yeah. me, yeah. Yeah. I know that yeah. when I first met you back in 2020, I, I got the impression that you'd been perfectly happy with you were getting like a good 70% erection and yeah, you were you and your wife were having outer course and both of you were able to have orgasms and yeah, pleasure yeah. and intimacy and it was fine. Well, and the, then whole, the whole thing, you know, look, oral, mm. um, yeah, it was all working. Exactly. But you wanted it to be worked better. I wanted, yeah, I wanted that extra percent, you know. You just got to the point, I think when I, the first time I met you, you were like, you know, it's all fine and everything's good, but I just want to give this a go and see how it goes. So we gave you your first test injection and from what I remember that went really well and then I taught you how to do it yourself. It went really Mm. well because if you remember, the first injection (laughs) was only three quarters and then I says, oh yeah, it's sort of, it's almost there. And then another injection and bang. For about four hours, I, got, I, dri- I couldn't drive home. <laughs> was that why? Because, because why? With the, was it uncomfortable? Or was no, it, it was so it was so hard. Yeah. My, yeah, it became so hard that I couldn't sit on the driver's seat. Ah. In a Did you bring your wife with you? Could no, she I drive didn't. you home? No, I, to- I rang her on the way home. I says, "You better be ready when I get home." <laughs> <laughs> and Primo, yeah. Pino's coming. Primo Pino is on the way. And, and, I, and we got home. Bang! We got into it, and 
That was it. No turning back. Wow. The, yeah. the injection was the way. And so you this was, again, four years after your mm-hmm. procedure. Okay. Yeah. And I don't have the injection. I don't need to have the injection every time no. I want to have an orgasm. Mm. Mm. I might inject once a week yep. on average. Is that as a rehabilitation thing or are you actually having sex once a week? No, no, no. We, to have we sex. Have, we have yeah, more than – we have like three times a week. Okay, I'll explain. So basically what they – so there's two ways. You can have intercourse and outer course. And so from when we've That's spoken right. before, you have intimacy, which yeah. is outer course, and then at least ap- about once a week you think, oh, I'd actually like to have a full erection yeah. so we can have intercourse That's today. Exactly. Then you use the injection for exactly. that. So yeah. has that – I'm interested to know as well, like I often talk about the fact that I think post-prostate cancer treatment – your, your sex life's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. But sometimes it's a bonus because you mix it up a bit. Like it's not all about erections now for you, is it? You and your wife, you've, have you changed the script and you do other things on yeah, those times? Yeah, we do. We do, yeah. Mm. And so you do you know, feel I'll like that's broadened your, like maybe your sexual menu to put together because you do different it, things? It has. Broaden your it sexual menu. That no, could no, be it, the podcast has. title. Because <laughs> I wasn't getting, s- I wasn't getting so, so much oral sex uh-huh. before. Mm. Whereas now, because... I don't. I don't need to have the injection to have mm. oral sex or even, yeah. you know, mm. have a good intimate time with my mm. wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I. You would not believe how many men tell me. In fact, just last week I had a guy tell me, "Do you know I've never? My wife has never given me oral sex, but <gasps> now since I've had this surgery, she does it all the time yeah. because." Yeah. How old that couple are? Yeah, they're in their late fifties, and okay. she just has never been into it, which is fine. Lots of people aren't. Some people love it. Some people don't. Mm. And now she's like, you know what, if that's going to be the difference to help with this recovery, and it has because it's the thing that yeah. he's never had in that relationship and it really arouses wow. him and, and he's I'm getting better blood flow. I always think about the positives. So my hu- husband is Greek and he has the phrase, make a lemon into a lemonade. Mm. And that, you know, when you have a sour story, try and make it sweet. Yeah. So I often say to my patients, Although this is quite a devastating diagnosis, think about the fact that you've been picked up very early. Mm. It's highly unlikely you'll die from it. You're going to have a normal lifespan. And in Australia, that's 80 for a man and 85 for a female. So what you want to do is make this second half of your life even better Mm. by embracing your health, number one. Go out and get fit, lose some weight. And that will enable the doctors to do a much better job of your nerves bearing. It will also encourage your continence recovery to be easier, instead of carrying a sack of potatoes around your belly, you'll actually have that lean torso. That yep. will make you feel more masculine and your wife will find you more desirable again. So look at this as a positive opportunity. And that's exactly what you've done, haven't you, Pino? So you've uh, – and you don't see any end in sight when you're going to use the injections. I mean, from my perspective, your penis shaft is healthy. You've been doing a great job of it. We've got the perfect sweet spot for the dose now so it never yeah, lasts too yeah. long. And there's no reason, I mean, my oldest patient's in his 90s and using injections oh, a few times great. a week. So that's great. And you were telling me before that your mother's lived to 92, so I'm hoping mm. you're going to be a regular client of mine <laughs> for many years. And your mum actually still works, you were telling us. Not oh, works as physically, physically but... Manages she her. She manages her own affairs, yeah. Is she computer mm. literate? No. No. Yeah. No, unfortunately, like me. Yeah, so you'll yeah. be, um, I imagine that you'll have a long, a long time using these injections perfectly Oh, yeah, well. looks like it, yeah. yeah. Can I ask you now... I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Melissa, how challenging was it for you as a practitioner with all your experience to say, well, here's a man who's got 70% erections. I want to make sure I get the dosage right without creating a priapism. Yeah, it wasn't challenging at all. We just start uh, really, really low. So, so what, how low would that be? Uh, so I gave 
um, the first time I gave Primo his oh, Pino, his dose, <laughs> Primo Pino, um, I gave – so there's infinite number mm. of medications I can give and combinations. And I have a – if someone tells me that they have no function at all, I would give a different drug and a – and a, I give one that's longer acting and – will last. So and this is very personalised mm. medicine. It's very personal. It's very, very niche to the person. Yeah. So yeah. the first time I gave you one, I gave you – I undercooked you, didn't I? Because I it, it was 10. Yeah, I did. Ten. I gave you yeah. 0.1 of a mil, which is 10 units of a very yeah, fast-acting drug because I was very aware of the fact that you were, had reasonable erections already mm. and I didn't want you to get one. And then – that Get one priapism, and that means a – uh, an erection lasts you more than four hours? Two hours, Two hours yeah. yeah. And so <coughs> then we were like – and you were a bit disappointed, I remember. You were like, oh, I really wanted it. And I was like, that's okay. I just need to take I it slow. It's yeah. better to undercook mm. yeah, than yeah, yeah, overcook. A bit yeah. like a sausage. Mm. Yeah. If you, yeah. you can't turn back the burnt sausage, but you can cook the, yeah, yeah. the raw one. So then the next time we did it again, and yes, it l it was rock hard and it lasted. But we didn't have any problems. It went down, didn't no, it, no, no, easily? No, no, no. Probably three and a half from memory was about – Three, three and a half hours? Yeah. In and between that. And, uh, and so then when we ordered the medicine for you, we went halfway between those two doses ah. and we've never had a yeah. problem since. Yeah. And it's been great, you know, like it works really well for you. You learnt how to do it really easily. Did you have to practice on an orange or anything like that? Do you, no, you no, say that no, no, I didn't. No. But do you ever get but patients who are I think the, the seminar I went to, you did it on a... Um, on a plastic a penis, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the way yeah, we Jeff. always teach it the first time, I will give the gentleman his first injection and then while we're waiting for that, I let him put his pants back on and we sit down and I get Jeffrey, my plastic little penis out mm. and then we practice together and I teach the person how to draw up the medicine and right. inject it and then I always give them an auto-injector to take home and an empty syringe so that when they take that home, they can practice filling it up and just... Can you explain what an auto-injector is? So an auto-injector, and if anyone wants to see photos of this, they're on my website, but it's... Uh, In the shop. It's a bit like a, a, it's, it's a bit like an EpiPen. It's a gadget that you load the needle into and then you press a button and it does it for you. It just makes things easier and it's not as scary as sticking a needle in. Do you use that one, Pino? Is that the one with the thumb? Yeah, yeah. yeah you oh, use, that. use that. Yeah, one, yeah. Pino uses that. And I think it just makes it so much easier to get it right. Mm -hmm. And I think the other really important thing that people need to realise is that if you put it in the wrong spot, you cannot do harm. Mm. The only yeah. bad thing that happens is it's disappointing because it doesn't work. Yeah. And so I always say it doesn't matter where you put the needle, if you get it wrong, you won't do any harm. Is that within the auto-injector or is that Anything, anytime, whether you use an auto-injector or not. I've been using the injection for... Oh. 18 months. Yeah, 18 mm. months. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't had one misfire no. and, with and the so needle. It's always Have you worked. ever done it? And it's because guys say to me this all the time, and mm. that's where Melissa's the expert. I did it, but it only works two out of three times. That oh. usually means the mm. techniques. It's a technique problem. Yeah. That's never happened with you, has no, it? Pino, no. Pino hits the no. spot every time. <laughs> but I think also is that we have to be aware that people only ever tell us things when they're not working. Yeah. You know, we um, it's like a restaurant. You often don't put in a review if it's crappy. You if only it's if it's good, you yeah, only put it in when it's sorry. Crappy. The only issue I might have with that is I might hit a vessel. Yes, and you get a little and bruise. then I get a little blump uh, and a bruise for about a week. Mm. Yeah, but then that and it doesn't hurt, does it? It just goes away. No, no, it doesn't hurt at all. So no. I'm going to ask you a question that I I don't ask my patients very often because I don't want to distress them. But did it ever scare you to think about putting a penis a, a needle into your penis? Well, the first, the very first thought of it, when I spoke to my, I asked my GP about it, yeah. and he suggested, I don't remember if it was the first time mm -hmm. he suggested or, or he brought it up to me, he said, try the injection. 
and that sort of spooked me mm-hmm. initially. Uh, but then, but then you know when I thought about the missus, mm-hmm. and she's missing out. Okay. But then That's after lovely. the first trial, uh, no. It, I it think the other thing as well is that when you the, – the drug that GPs prescribe mm. is a one-size-fits-all. It's called Cabajact mm. and it's got a mixture in it called Alprostadol, which in 19 out of 20 men is no issue and one in 20 men will yeah. get pain with that. Oh, okay. So I think – and also the Cabajact is, I find it, a really clumsy needle to use and you do actually have to push the needle into oh your yeah. skin. Yeah. So I really encourage people not to use Cabajet and to use compounded medication because that way they can use an auto-injector, which is a lot less scary. Yeah, well, the, the, the spring-loaded mechanism, that mm. y- it virtually feels like a mozzie bite. Yeah. It's okay. so quick. So Stephen Adams, who's been on our podcast before, I actually mm. asked him if I could watch a gentleman receive one of those. And he, I'd never forget, the patient didn't flinch, but I did. Yeah. Like, I was like, ooh. Yeah. And it, he, the guy was fine. Mm. So it doesn't hurt, does it, Primo? I mean, I'll, no, Primo it doesn't, Pena. not at all. But I, I just want to say one thing. Mm. I, I've had to experiment with it because using that the way you did on the exper- on the um, um, video, no, or? on the seminar we had. Yes, it w- everything was free. You know that thing, and yeah. but doing it on yourself, you, you need three hands. Yeah. Oh. So what I. If I'm allowed to say, of course you can say whatever you want. I I invented an easy method, so I don't need my wife to help me. Yeah, what do you do? I actually got a a shoestring. Yeah. Did a knot like a shoelace. Like a yes, uh, sorry, a shoelace. Yeah. Tied one end. I I made a loop on one end. Tied it to the doorknob. Okay, this is not right. Not to the knob. This is excellent. Loop on the other (laughs) side, so it goes around my. Yeah. Penis head. Yeah, your other knob. And I stretch the penis, so that's free. Perfect. Then oh you've got two free. hands. I've got two hands to operate the injection. That is brilliant. What are we going to call this? This is, this is something that, this see, only a man could work this out. Who that knows? is brilliant. Because I, I needed a third hand. I couldn't. That's And great. I was too embarrassed to ask my wife to help me. Yeah. So I do actually have a video on my um, YouTube channel of doing it with two people, like your wife helping, yeah. or a video of how to do it yourself. And it is possible to do it on your own one-handed. But that's brilliant way of figuring it out. We've got to market this. It's going to be called Pino's roping method or something. It's almost like a bit of bondage added um, into the whole thing. Hangman's Um, noose. Pino's hangman's noose. It isn't. It's almost like let's add in a little bit of BDSM. What I love about men is the way that you will work on fixing a problem. Mm. And you'll try practical things. I'll never forget this beautiful patient of mine many years ago. He he was a a horse race trainer. So he would have to hop on horses from 4 a.m. till 7 a.m., Bouncing up and down. So he's very incontinent. Oh. Mm. So I suggested he get a penile clamp and he was a bit nervous about that. It's probably similar to the first thought about getting the injection. And I said, we've got these penile clamps. Anyway, he came back and he said, you, would you like to see what I've made for myself? And I didn't thought he was going to show me a photo, but he just dropped his pants to the deck. He had this bandaging all around his penis and then he tied a little pretty bow. How <laughs> cute. And he said, look. And I went... He goes, why, by bandaging it like a mummy, it compresses mm. it. And I'll never forget, mm. I was so taken aback, but his ingenuity, his right. innovativeness yeah. to help that. To find a f- yeah. pro- solution to problem. So I want to ask one question. Okay. Your shoelace, yes. is it always on your doorknob or do you just no, put no, it no. on for it's the occasion? No, no, I just put it on for the occasion. It's in the cabinet and I n- pull it out when I need it. So yeah. it's got a loop that goes over the head of your penis and yes. a loop that goes on the knob and that holds it straight and then you've got two hands and, to and inject. I'll, if I need to go one side, then I just 
turn my body to that is brilliant. And twist my so penis. That new, that new um, roping thing <coughs> that you people women do when they wrap is an artistry like a bondage thing. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Isn't yeah, it, it is. It's great. I love the idea. No, it's it's a knot. I yeah. know what yours it's is, a but there's a new. And then you feed the, the shoestring through it, so mm-hmm. you've got like you can tighten it and loosen it when you want. Yeah. You do you know what I'm going to get you to do for me, Pino? I'm going to get you not with your real penis, but. I might get you to come in one day with the shoelace and we'll do okay. it to Jeffrey and take yep. a photo because okay. I reckon I there... I think we should take a, a video. Yeah, because there is the so videos. many men out there that I think would go, wow, that would oh, be so it's easy. It, yeah, it would be is so much easier. brilliant. Pino, yeah. is it a normal size shoelace? Like yeah. 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 Okay. Just a normal shoelace. I'm going to organise a time with you and before this podcast goes to air... Yeah. I will make a video of that. We'll use Jeffrey, get you to show us how to do it. Yeah. And you call, you come up mm. with a name of what you'd like to call the technique and we'll make sure that's for every I'll name. try and think of, yeah. think of one. That's yeah. great. And then I'll put it on the YouTube channel so anyone listening will be able to access that. So yeah, sure. that is great. All I really wanted to do was know that I wanted you to, someone to hear a story about how injections are going, you know, a couple of years down the track and how you find them and that they're nowhere near as scary as people often think. And no, you know, I not think at all. They're not. I no. think you've done that and I think hats off to you because you considered your wife's feelings in all of this and I'm so impressed with your invention. So thank <laughs> you so much, <laughs> Pino, for speaking. You might. <laughs> Pino, Melissa just touched on your wife. How she responded to the rock hard erection giving her age because that's just something that some some patients' wives might feel intimidated about. Was that ever a concern for her? Because if she's a postmenopausal woman, then this can mm. be a little bit full on. Yeah, she is. She's she's post um, whatever menopause, you said. Yeah, yeah menopause. <laughs> um, um, she doesn't. Yeah, they might have to ask her. She d- doesn't actually she complain. She hasn't ever said she hasn't complained it's about it. Was too hard or uncomfortable for her. No. And what if would you no. do in that situation? Oh, if it is, I would just treat the woman because you know women shouldn't have to put up no. with painful sex, and there's always a workaround for that too. And there's a lot of treatments, and um, we actually talked about that on the episode. If anyone wants to listen with Tamara Hunter, and there is so many reasons why how reasons why a woman might have pain with sex, particularly as they age, and there's so many ways that we can work around that. So. She doesn't have, and not all women do, and some do. And if they do, then then I always encourage them to book an appointment, and we can help them out. Well, I found I found with my experience with with the missus is initially when we first start intercourse, yeah. yes, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. But then I've I've noticed that if I don't climax, you know, pretty quickly, mm-hmm. I can control. If I try and control it and go longer. The erection does, it seems to go down a bit. Mm-hmm. It, it's not as hard. Okay. And I, th- yeah. I think that's probably why so she hasn't yeah, I complained see. about it. Yeah, and the other thing is as well is if that is an issue, we can adjust the dose. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, like if someone gets a rock hard erection with 0.1 of a mil and the partner says, actually, I'd kind of prefer it if it was mm. 80%, we'll go, no worries. We yeah. just adjust the dose for that. So, right. yep. you know, these doses are so titratable we can we can modify the time we can modify the hardness we can modify all of those things and that's part of the assessment process is that when we have this conversation we'll go okay how does this all work for you and then we can change it for that so on a final positive note uh, melissa has looked after many of my patients in the last three or four years and what i notice is 
many of them transition from needing the injections, especially the much younger patients, to not needing the injections and then maybe needing tablets only. Mm. So, Melissa and Pino, just one final thought on whether or not over time we would expect Pino to not even need injections or because of the fact that he's done this Pino rehabilitation, has it is it likely to improve his baseline function? Not at this point and which is, you know, we got to the four-year mark and he was doing as good as he was, okay. which was getting like a 70% erection and with tablets mm-hmm. and we couldn't get it any better than that. So no, this is I'm, I'm happy with injection. Yeah. I wouldn't go back to tablets. No. Great. Uh, mainly, mainly because the cost factor, mm-hmm. I think it's way more expensive with the tablets. I think also it's a lot of people and I know people who have never done injections find this surprising but, you know, a lot of people will have like a headache with tablets or mm, they might yeah. get a flush face or they might yeah. get reflux or there's also a bit of a lead in time. You know, you mm. take it and you've got to wait an hour whereas with exactly. an injection you give it 10 minutes later it's 10 working. minutes, is that all it takes you? Um, yeah, it can take 10 minutes. I, I usually wait 20 to 30 do you minutes. Have to, do you have to have foreplay for it to work? No, it just no. goes up by itself. I know itself. that you wouldn't do that in the office no. situation, but no. I just wonder if in the context of a real no, home environment, is it quicker response if there's foreplay or not? You get a bit more blood flow, but not really. It's yeah, just works it doesn't, regardless. Doesn't okay. It doesn't affect me. And then, mm. again, I'm trying to piece this together because I'm not a penis owner. Mm. You have sex, you orgasm. How long does it take to drop down again? Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question because... Most times, if if I if we finish early, mm-hmm. if I finish early, put I'm mm-hmm. not going to blame my wife. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't get to sleep for a couple of hours. Okay, so next that week means next time we order you a bottle, we need to change the time because oh. we can adjust the time. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, usually it, we can maintain that. There's two ingredients in your mixture. One is oh about yeah, hardness, is so and one is about time. So next time I order a bottle, I'm going to write this in your notes now, I'll reduce the time so you'll get the same amount of hardness for less amount of Sorry, time. Sorry, what did you say? Oh. The first part is? About the hardness. Hardness. And the second part is about the time. So I would reduce the time component so he got hard for a shorter period of and time. And what drug is the, that one? So the in your case, they're all there's a oh, lot of different okay. ones, but mm. in um, this case, alprostadol is the bit that gives him the time, the hardness. Mm-hmm. But then there's another drug in there called fentolamine, and fentolamine makes it last longer. So we would reduce this time, the fentolamine in the next bottle, and then that way we would reduce the time. Mm. So this is so interesting because I talked about fast and slow twitch fibers being the quick response, which in Melissa's case is sort of like the strength and the hardness. For me, that's the same with consonants when you need to have a quick response quite firmly if you cough or sneeze or bend. Yeah. But the, the time is the endurance of the muscle. So I also wonder if you pick up your pelvic floor exercises again, whether or not it improves your sexual function because my own theory is so long as we're grieving, the brain can change itself. And I've seen patients start to improve nine years plus having never had done pelvic floor exercises and they're both their consonants and erectile function. So I'm going to challenge Melissa's theory that maybe some patients might be able to still keep on improving if we give it an enhanced environment. Okay. So curiosity, <coughs> I had a patient the other day and he saw me and he was 85 years of age. He saw me for urinary incontinence after a TERP procedure. He was very bad. He was wearing 10 pads a day. He got infections and within two months I'd sorted him out. I actually, w- he came to see me on Monday, three days ago, and I said, how are you going in context of his bladder? And do you know what he said to me? My sex life. I'm missing my sex life. Well, we'd never had a conversation about sex life. So I said, well, you better go see Melissa now because I'm, I'm only the physio. 
And he said, I'd love to see Melissa. Not only. Well, I'd love to see Melissa. And I thought, brilliant. There's a man. He came shuffling in on his walking stick at 85 years of age. His perfect floor exercise he's done perfectly. Now he was at the point where he wanted to make the most of his sex life. And when he went shuffling out, I had a tear in my eye because Mm -hmm. I thought, there's my theory that so long as a man is alive, he'd love it if his penis could work, given the opportunity. (laughs) Well, I think on that note, we should call it a wrap. Thank you so much, Pino. That's okay. I'm very excited to learn your new invention and um, we'll arrange a time. My hangman's niece? Yeah, your hangman's niece. Okay. Okay. I think Mm. we should call it. Uh, Um, How do we say say cheers? Is it bravo? Uh, Cheers. um, In Italian. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, bravo to you, Pino Pimo (laughs) of the hangman's niece. Thanks so much. That was great. Grazie. Gonna tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Just a reminder if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer, I've built a penile rehabilitation program just for you. It's an online program packed with information, exercises and advice along with proven strategies that will get your penis back in working order as quickly as possible in about 15 minutes a day. If you like the sound of that, then please head over to penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you can start straight away or there's a link from the RS Health website. We would also love you to review and subscribe and share this podcast so we can help more men. Links to Instagram and Facebook are in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. So spread the word that help is available. All the best for now. Bye. I've got a boy of my own now. It fills me with pride. To see him growing so fast into a man. His victory.